Superbrain is a labour of love. Alas, no podcast can survive on love alone. We don't have a sponsor, so we need your support for Superbrain to stay alive and kicking. You can make a one-off donation by following the Support This Show link in the show or episode description. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Superbrain, the podcast for everyone with a brain. In this week's Superbrain episode, I chatted to journalist Hilary Freeman about her experience of being publicly shamed about an article she wrote for the Daily Mail expressing her opinion about how health messaging around obesity and the messaging from the body positive movement were in conflict. In the episode, I express my view that the two are not mutually exclusive. I firmly believe that it is important that we move away from a society that judges people, particularly women, on their weight or on how they look. We need to love and value people irrespective of their weight. In episode four of season one, I chatted to comedian Joanne McNally about her bulimia and her anorexia and the importance of finding and valuing a self that has nothing to do with your weight or how you look. Having said that, I am interested in and concerned about the impact that weight, being overweight or indeed being underweight, has on brain function. There really is no nice way to say this, but if you want to optimize your brain function and unleash your super brain, you need to maintain a healthy weight. This is because research suggests that depending on your age, being overweight or being underweight can have a negative impact on how well your brain works. Obesity is associated with brain atrophy, which means that it is linked with the loss of brain cells and connections between them. In addition, obesity is associated with an increase in brain age, especially in middle age, which is not a phrase that I like to use, but the key takeaway is that the brains of people who are obese in middle age are 10 years older than those who are not obese in middle age. The research suggests that middle age may represent a critical period for brain aging, where vulnerability to obesity is particularly acute compared with later life. In obesity, there is a reduction in a particular protein that protects against inflammation that leads to a chronic inflammatory state and metabolic disease, both of which affect brain function. Research tells us that when BMI is elevated in midlife, it is a risk factor for cognitive impairment and also for cognitive decline associated with age. However, it is important to note that late life obesity seems to offer protection against cognitive decline, with those overweight demonstrating slower decline than those who are a healthy weight in later life. 
Being obese between the ages of 40 and 45 increases your risk of dementia by 74% relative to people who are a healthy weight. If you are under the age of 76 and have a waist circumference greater than 97 centimeters or 38 inches, then you have a higher risk of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. However, if you are over 76, then this simply doesn't apply. The relationship disappears for those who are over age 76. While it does seem that being overweight in very late life is protective, we need more research to understand this. And also, it is important to acknowledge that those who gained weight had a higher risk of dementia associated with stroke. If you are trying to maintain a healthy weight, it is important to remember that small changes can make a difference. Even something simple like changing the color or the size of your plate can reduce the amount of food that you consume in one sitting. If you want to eat less, select a plate that has a higher color contrast with what you plan to serve for dinner. When there's a low contrast between food color and plate color, people tend to serve themselves portions that are 30% larger than when there is a high contrast. If you want to eat more green vegetables, serve them on a green plate. Have at least one snack-free day or a sugar-free day each week. You know, start by trying to reduce your portions by 10%. Try cooking your meals from scratch using only fresh ingredients. Aim to spend longer preparing your food than you do eating it. Make sure that you're getting sufficient good quality sleep. When you're sleep deprived, you are less able to resist temptation and you're likely to experience increased hunger and appetite. You're also likely to consume more between meals and more likely to eat unhealthy snacks between meals. Getting physically active will help with weight loss. Plus, it's good for your brain and your heart. Exercising doesn't just burn calories. It also strengthens connections in your brain in a way that gives you greater control over your impulses and your emotions, including your impulse to eat. Eating a balanced diet is critical for brain health. So while there are lots of micro and macronutrients essential for brain health, research hasn't identified any outstanding soloists. No single supplement stands out. Your brain is a high energy organ and that energy comes from the food that you eat. Make sure that you are giving your brain a nutritious, well-balanced diet. A Mediterranean diet is the best that you can do. A Mediterranean diet emphasizes foods that are rich in omega-3 fatty acids, whole grains, fresh fruit, lots of colorful vegetables, fish and garlic. It also means making olive oil your main source of fat. In terms of food, what goes into your mouth affects what comes out of your brain. So make sure you know what you're eating. Where possible, try to cook from scratch and use fresh foods. Avoid processed foods, but if you must use them, read the labels carefully. Don't buy into the market that's trying to get you to buy supplements to boost your memory. 
far better to get the nutrients that your brain needs from healthy, fresh food. You don't need supplements unless your doctor says that you are deficient. That's all for this week's episode of Superbrain. My name is Sabina Brennan and you've been listening to Superbrain, the podcast for everyone with a brain. For regular updates and bonus material, follow Superbrain Podcast and Sabina Brennan on Instagram and Sabina underscore Brennan on Twitter. Subscribe to Superbrain on Acast, Apple, Spotify, Google or wherever you get your podcasts. 